0: Okay, let's pray. Father, I love you. I Thank you for today. I thank you for uh just loving us, Lord, being good to us, just uh calling us out of uh darkness to uh just live in your uh, glorious light for um just really um setting us apart, uh giving us a, a spirit that uh uh is is worthy to be uh just uh called a child of you. And so, Lord, we do just uh, praise you for the perfection that's in your Word, um, the uh, the peace that we can have from uh, just uh, reading it and living it, and not having to wonder if this is good enough. But Lord, we just uh, have peace in you. Lord, I thank you for the Passpoint class. There's uh, a lot of things going on, in a lot of people's lives, and uh, good things, bad things. And, and Lord, I just pray that we're uh, giving you the glory, whether uh, it's like Job was uh, in, in times of turmoil, or you know, as as David was in times of uh, victory. So Lord, we just pray that. Uh, we we are just uh a class and, uh, and a people that are excited about what you 're doing in the world that we live in as the world we live in is uh, exceedingly dark. I pray that uh, we can have peace and joy uh, in that time and so Lord, we do just uh, pray you speak to us today as we uh, press forward in first uh, Corinthians chapter fifteen that you would uh, just maybe give some clarity on the subject that sometimes is a little bit confusing, and Lord that you would just uh, just use me to uh, to get the word where it needs to go on time. We pray for pastor Brian as he preaches this morning, we pray for the team that uh, leaves here in a Couple of days to go to Boston. I pray that uh, you would just uh, even now uh, be working on people's hearts that they're going to talk to, and and we pray for Mike and just the team that's there and everything that they've got going. And I pray we would be a, a support to them. And so, uh, Lord, we thank you for all these things. We pray that you just bless your word in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, if you got your Bibles, open up to First Corinthians chapter uh, fifteen. First Corinthians fifteen. I need a. I need a marker. I don't ever mark on the board, but I need a marker. So where you would even find that, I don't know. But uh, oh, Mickey's on it. Well, <laughs> I definitely didn't do that. Thank you, Mickey. Uh, okay, so today, 1 Corinthians 15, we've been working through this chapter um, quite a little bit, and there's a lot of different things. We've focused a lot on uh, different doctrinal things. Um, and you can go back and, and listen to the recording on some of those things sweet you got a pink one perfect okay uh so if you don't know I don't ever write on the board but I'm going to try this today because I want to make sure that we can see this sometimes you got to just visually see uh some things and so uh, you'll you'll find out very quickly why I don't usually write on the board more like peter pan but <laughs> no that would be awesome, though, but that's that's not me, and I'm not like Jeff Trude. I don't have a cartoon that goes every week with what I'm... I just can't do it. And so you sometimes you just got to know who you are and uh, stay in your lane, and this is not my lane, but we're going to try it. So anyway, uh, we've been going through 1 Corinthians 15 and uh, a lot about doctrine, different things. We understand that this is the chapter that's based uh, solely... Uh, or it's talking mostly about the resurrection. And so uh, we've worked our way all the way up through uh, verse 34. And so he's talked a lot about getting to this resurrection. And basically he uses this hypothetical, if there wasn't a resurrection, then this, this, this would be true. Nothing good for your life, by the way. Right? That was the first thing he kind of talked about in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, and then from there he was like, but it is true. Uh, the resurrection did happen. It's very important. Wow. Right up in your face, man. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Get her done, man. Uh, And Mitchell ain't been here in like a month. He's been in the children's meeting and then he's just like sitting up here where I feel like I can breathe. He's breathing on me. (laughs) Anyway, it's all good. I'm just kidding, man. Uh, I gotta give context for somebody who's listening. Like, what is he talking about? (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Anyway. uh, and so then he was like, but by the way, uh, the resurrection did happen. It is true, and this is what it means for your life. And he used, uh, last week as we went through a few things, he like used multiple different doctrines uh, to support one another. And remember this, of everything that I said, if you ever have a doctrine, one doctrine, one standalone theology that has no other doctrine that supports it, then there's a probably a problem. Not probably. There's most likely a problem. If what you believe on, say, baptism or what you believe on any one thing isn't supported by any other doctrine, then it's like something here is a little bit off. But he used like four or five different things you have to go back and listen to last week. I don't have time to go back and review it. But uh, to support what he was trying to say about the resurrection, he's like, uh, let's talk about end times a little bit. And let's talk about... Well, what was it? Uh, he talked about uh, the doctrine of the resurrection, the doctrine of end times, the doctrine of spiritual authority, and the doctrine of baptism. He used all of those things together to prove what he was trying to say about the resurrection. And any time that you can see when the Bible is like building blocks and they stack together, I kind of use that analogy because that's what I do for a living is I build things. And so when things go together correctly, they're stronger. Uh, but when they aren't together or if you do things out of order then everything's weak and unstable and always moving. And, you know, it says, you know, we want to build our house on uh, the rock, not on the sand. Right. And so the rock being Jesus Christ. So Anyway, he used all that. And so now we get into uh, this passage in. Uh, Let me just pick up in verse 35. I just want to read through this and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to basically just walk through the best way that I can explain the body, soul and spirit. And basically uh, what it is now, what it's going to be in eternity and how that whole thing plays out because this kind of gets confusing. And so I'm going to try to do my best on that and then we'll circle back through with what time we have left and get back into some text. And if we need to, we'll circle. OK, I, we definitely will need to circle back around in the next week or two and finish this thing up. But I want to basically just read through it so we can kind of get our minds where we need to be. And then from there, uh, I'm going to just expound to you. Everything that, the best way that I can on what this means. And then uh, we'll go from there. So just, by the way, if if you've ever been, uh, and I'm not saying that this is how you should disciple. Uh, if you want to know how to disciple, you should take Jeremy Bonison's class. But uh, if... Uh, if I was ever teaching somebody how to disciple, this is the way that basically when Paige and I sit down to disciple with somebody, uh, whatever the lesson is, uh, Brady can attest to this, Holly, uh, Phil and Meredith, Nick and Kendra, all people that we've had the opportunity to disciple. Basically, we sit down at the kitchen table, Paige feeds us entirely too much food, and then... Uh, when we are completely full at this point, we sit down and uh, instead of just jumping right into the lesson, what I normally do is I'm like, okay, so here's the lesson on salvation. Here's the lesson on baptism. And I give you in 30 minutes or less, sometimes two hours or less, everything that I know about it, that I've been taught about it uh, in my own words before we ever get started. Because it at least gives you a little bit of like, this is, in my words, what this is. And then from there, we jump back to, this is page one. And we allow the lesson to either uh, support or uh, deny what I just said. And usually, well, hopefully, it's always supporting what I had just said. But anyway, uh, because it makes it a little more personal. And so that's the way that we usually go about uh, discipling. Sometimes the entire first night of a lesson, some of you are like, the first night of a lesson? You don't get through a lesson in one night? Uh, Sometimes it takes a month to get through a lesson. But anyway, uh, it just does. But the point is this. So that's kind of what I'm going to do uh, with this passage, because this is one of those passages that can be hard and confusing. So instead of just trying to, like, come up with some outline to teach it, I'm just going to try to explain it the best way I can. So anyway, that's what we're going to do today. First Corinthians 15, verse 35. So he's got all the way up to here and he says, but some man will say, how are the dead raised up? He's like, what do you mean they're going to be raised up? And with what body do they come? And so if they're gonna be raised up, explain this thing to me. Well, he's going to. Thou fool. I like it when Paul is very blunt with what he says. Thou fool. That which thou sowest is not uh, quickened except it die. And now which thou sowest, thou sowest not in the body that it should be, but bare grain. It may uh, chance of wheat uh, or of some other grain, but God giveth it a body as, he, as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fishes, another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and, and bodies terrestrial. This is good King James stuff right here. I'm telling you, you don't get this stuff. Uh, on, on just any book you pick up, let me just tell you. Uh, and there's a reason, by the way. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown in a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be it, that was not first, which is spiritual, but which is natural. And afterwards, that is uh, which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy, and the second man is of the Lord from heaven. Okay, the first man would be Adam. The second man, the second Adam they're talking about would be the Jesus Christ, okay? Just kind of it a little bit. Of, most of you guys are grasping that, but I just want to make sure we're, we're tracking, okay? Okay. Uh, Verse 49, as we have borne the image of the earthy, we look like our dad, just the way that it is. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly if we take on his spirit. Uh, verse 50, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Okay, that's way farther than we're probably going to get today, so I'm going to stop there, okay? So this whole premise is... This whole chapter has been talking about the resurrection, okay? And basically, because Christ resurrected, uh, we also will resurrect. And we looked a couple weeks ago at what that looks like for Old Testament saints, what that looks like for uh, church-age saints that have already passed away, when they will be resurrected. We looked at what that will look like uh, for if it was to happen today. If the rapture was to happen today, what does the re- resurrection look like for us? We So go back and listen to all that if you've missed it, okay? But the question therein lies, and then there's a lot of underlying questions that go with it what exactly does this look like what exactly does this resurrection look like what it talks about a body a soul and a spirit what is it, how does that work and so i'm gonna in, in the best way that i can try to maybe kind of sorta uh walk through this thing a little bit and so we'll see Damn. i'm gonna try to put in my pocket because i was gonna try to do something I don't know. We'll see if this works or not. Anyway, so there's three elements of of who you are. And I'm not talking about like the periodic table, because honestly, I couldn't tell you more than about two elements in the periodic table. I'm not a scientist. I don't claim to be. Um, but biblically, there's three elements of who you are. What are they? Body, soul, and a body, soul and spirit, right? The, the word of God tells us that. Uh, we just read it. There's all these different things. And so what I want to look at today in the best way that I can is what your natural body looks like, what your natural soul looks like, what your natural spirit meaning everything in its lost state, uh, what it looks like in the state that it is today as a uh, born-again believer still on this earth, right? And then what each of those three elements will look like when we're resurrected. Right? Does that make sense? Because it all changes and it's rapidly changing. Uh, everything about you changed when you got saved would you agree i mean there's not much about you that didn't change uh your flesh is still your flesh but there's, so there's a lot of different but everything changed when you got saved but it's also going to change again uh when we are resurrected why is that but you're exactly right what you've got here uh can't stand face to face with the lord jesus christ right uh, your body uh, is unworthy, right? And, and the Bible even references things like that. Uh, you can't, in the body that you have, uh, be in the presence of Christ. It's going to take a glorified body to do that. And so anyway, I'm just going to kind of maybe try to walk through this just a little bit, uh, and, and we'll just kind of see how it goes. So, um, and I don't know, there's lots of different colors. I don't know which one to choose from. <sighs> You'd have been better off just giving me one. <laughs> okay, so... So you've got your body first, right? Okay, so um, your natural body is what you have on this earth, correct? Right, you have your natural body, and it looks like who? (laughs) Yeah, you have a natural body. It looks like, well, eventually, if you trace it back far enough, it looks like your daddy, Adam, right? Right. without wanting to or not you basically look like your father you look like your mother it's just the way that that's the way genetics works again i'm not a scientist i don't know how it works that way it's really crazy to me how a a baby girl can look like her father but it's just like okay there's no doubting whose child you are right that's just the way that genetics works okay we look like uh uh our our father right or your natural body is like adam I don't expect any of you to write all this down. I'm just trying to give you something to kind of visualize as we go through this. If you want to write it, no, that's fine. It's like Adam. But if it's like Adam, there's a problem with it. It's unperfect. <laughs> that's a word. Imperfect is a word <laughs> Well, unperfect is my word, so it's fine. It's unperfect. <laughs> it's my story. I'll tell it however I want. It's imperfect. It's unperfect. Chris is tracking with me. It's all good. The problem with the problem with an unperfect body is it's fallen, right? We're born with a problem. Okay, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know yet. Uh, it's fallen. It's fall. It's, uh, it's fallen. It's sinful. You don't have to push the board. I do too. This is how I write, man. Stop. This is why I don't do this. I mean, you guys are, you guys are very judgmental. Okay, so. Yeah, this is why. Okay, so the, the, here's the problem. We're born. In a sinful state. You guys all understand that, okay? I want to get somewhere with this, so i got to keep moving. But when we get saved, something happens, right? Something happens. What happens with your body? It is quickened. It is quickened. You're, that's exactly right. That is a perfect word for that. It is quickened. Um, you have, so you go from a natural body. We're going to get farther along, but you will end up with a spiritual body. Okay, but once you get saved, really nothing about this body changes. Uh, you're circumcised, uh, you're, you're, you're basically, your, your soul is circumcised from your flesh, now you're separate, you have the ability to not sin, if you choose to, but uh, you still are, uh, you have an imperfect flesh, right? Anybody here that's just like uh, my flesh has no control over me whatsoever. I jumped out of bed this morning. It was Sunday morning. I couldn't wait to get here to church, man. It was exciting. I didn't need coffee. I didn't you have a flesh that wants things, right? And so it's still in a fallen you have a fallen flesh. It's still imperfect. Imperfect. In, in, in. Yeah. <laughs> it's a progression. We're going to get there. <laughs> We're getting there. We're moving. It's still imperfect. This is a great example to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right. <laughs> right. It, but you at least have the ability because now when you pair your imperfect, unperfect, whatever it is, fallen sinful corrupted. body, corrupted body with a renewed mind, you at least have the ability to not sin, okay? Now go back to Romans chapter 7 and read Paul's Dr. Seuss passage and he talks about, I don't know why I do the things that I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I should do and the things that I should do are the things that I don't end up doing and he like goes on and on and it sounds like he's like circular reasoning. It's because what he basically ends up saying is, it's because I've got skin on and uh, nobody is going to have a victory over their flesh permanently until they resurrect, okay? So just understand, you're still going to battle your flesh no matter what. That's the body that you have. But more importantly, when we're resurrected out of here, whether it be uh, because you died as a New Testament saint and you're resurrected at the, uh, when the rapture happens or however that works, or you you resurrected when the rapture happens because you're alive, you now are given a spiritual body, okay? When do you get a spiritual body? When, no, when, do you get, when do you get your spiritual body? At the judgment seat of Christ. When The rapture happens, right? The rapture happens. The first thing that happens after the rapture, right? There's a lot of things going on on earth. When the rapture happens, the very first event that happens before the marriage supper of the Lamb, before any of those things, is the judgment seat of Christ. Why? Because the body that you have cannot be in the presence of Jesus Christ. So the first thing that has to happen is the judgment seat of Christ, right? Okay, so uh, the judgment seat of Christ, your glorified body, your spiritual body, people don't like hearing this, but this is the truth, is based on works post-salvation. Everything that you've been pounded in your head about salvation is not works-based. You're exactly right. Sanctification is very much so works-based, right? Your glorified body is determined by what you do for Christ from the day you get saved moving forward right? That's what your glorified body looks like. It's work-based. Post-salvation. Everything that you do, uh, so I don't do this, right? It's squeaky, it's weird. Everything that your glorified body looks like, whether there's uh, jetpacks, whether there's crowns, whether there's whatever it is that goes along with what your glorified body's, what? Built in, I mean, it'll be like Bluetooth at that point, man. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and all of these different things, right? Everything that, uh, it's all based on what you do for Christ from the day you get saved moving forward. Now, does that mean that if you get saved and immediately, uh, a Mack truck takes you out, that you don't have a glorified body? No, you have one. Um, I always use the analogy, I guess you'll be the naked guy in heaven, but I'd be the rather I'd rather be the naked guy in heaven than the most clothed guy in hell. Right? And so uh and it should fire you up to want to do something for Christ now. Right? Get the gospel where it needs to go, minister to people, disciple people, all of these things. These are the things that the crowns are built upon, okay? You go back to your D1 lesson and learn all about the crowns and everything. Okay, so the body is the, the most simple part of this whole thing, right? You have a natural body that's fallen, it looks like Adam. He even referenced that. When you get saved, you still have this natural body, but you at least have a mind that is renewed that can tell you you don't have to live like that anymore. But when you get resurrected, when you get your spiritual body, it's perfection, right? Uh it, you have a spiritual body. It is uh you you are now instead of like Adam and unperfect, you're now like Christ. It's perfect, it's sinless, right? All those things. I could have wrote this am I going to, right? It's you're like Christ. You now look like him. Instead of looking like Adam, you look like Jesus. They even said that. Uh, go back. It says uh, the first man is earthy. Earthy. The second man is from the Lord of Heaven. And uh, and as the earthy, such are uh, such are they uh, that are earthy. Uh, and so is the heavenly. Such are they that are heavenly. Meaning, just because you look like your daddy Adam doesn't mean that you're not going to now with your spiritual body look like your daddy Jesus. Okay. Now. I'll ask the question because somebody's thinking it, right? When we get our spiritual body at the judgment seat of Christ, and I'm only bringing this up because this is the question that I still don't have all of the answers to in my head. So if I don't have the answers, I'm at least going to get you to as far as I am Um, because I've heard different things on this. But it doesn't matter what I've heard. I'll stick with what uh, HBF is going to teach, okay? If you fast forward down to, and I'll tell you where where we get this from. Verse 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. Uh, So this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and the mortal shall have put on immortality. Okay, so the question in lies, what do we look like from the time that we're resurrected until the time we get our glorified body? It could be very quickly. The judgment seat of Christ happens pretty quickly, but uh, are we resurrected in our... Earthly bodies, like at the rapture, that's pretty easy to think about. Like I'm strolling down the street one day and the next thing I know, beam me up out of here, Scotty, here I am, Jesus, give me my glorified body, okay? Uh, that's that's easy for our minds to think about. What does that look like for somebody who uh, has been in the ground for a hundred years? Are they resurrected? their bones resurrected? Or is their body put back together? What about somebody who's cremated? I'll just start asking all the questions that I get asked. What, I mean, do they, does God put them back together so then he can in, eventually give them a new spiritual body? And like. Yeah, that's the next thing. That's the next one. Because there are some people that are like, you absolutely have to. Because that, that verse says that your incorruption has to put on, uh, your corruptible has to put on incorruption. So it has to be there. And this is the argument some people would make. I would just tell you, why are we worried about such things? Uh, I know that I'm going to get a glorified body. I honestly don't care how that all works out. But if you really need to study it out, study it out. I mean, there's a lot of different things you can compare. But the point is, uh, so if you, if you if your natural body has to be there. What happens when, uh, I gave my eyeball to this guy when I died and my kidney to this guy when I died and then the rapture happens? Does, do those things just like suck up out of their body? And like, I don't know how that works. And so I'm just going to stick on the side of, I know that, uh, when I'm resurrected, I'm going to get a spiritual body. I know that for a fact. Too often when we study the Bible, we start looking at all these like, yeah, but what if? And they're things that don't really matter. And we, we get so far off of what the main thing is that we just, we totally miss out. And so, uh, if you want to have those conversations, we can have those conversations. Brian Hedges loves to have those conversations. He really does. But it's just like, I'm, I'm the kind of person that's like, I'm not really that into it. Uh, I know that I'm going to be resurrected, uh, whether this body is present or not. I, I don't completely know. Uh, and I know that when I stand there, I'm going to get a new body at the judgment seat of Christ. And that's going to be based on what I did from the time I got saved moving forward. That's good enough for me. Okay? Uh, sometimes you just need to hold to the things that you do know instead of worry about the things that you don't. And if you're worried about the things that you don't enough, you'll study them out. So anyway, just throwing that out there. Okay, so that's the body. Pretty simple. What about uh your soul? Okay, so this is a completely different side of things because there's there's three parts to this whole thing. You've got your body, your soul, and your spirit. Okay? What is... First off, what is... What is your soul? Because if you could ask... 25 different people on the street, what is your soul? And you would probably get 25 different answers. And this isn't one of those, uh, I have an answer in my head, so if you answer wrong, I'm gonna tell you you're wrong kind of things, like Paige told me yeah, I did, right. but it's really not. So like, when you think of like, you have a body, it's pretty easy to be like, okay, this is my body, right? Well, what is your soul? Explain that in the best way that you can in your words. Huh? That's that's, you're on the right track. I mean, there's, you. It, it is, it is who you are, right? You're exactly right. It is the best way that I could put it into words, and I don't know that I'm right, but the best way that I could put it into words is, uh, it is who you are without physical traits. Good oh, this one works so much better. <laughs> I had to because it wouldn't write. <laughs> I could. You're exactly right. When we think of a person, generally the first thing we think about is they're tall, they're short, uh, they have this color hair. Like when I think of my wife, the first thing that almost anybody thinks of when they think of my wife is she has red hair, right? So. Every person, it's like generally what we, we know them by a physical trait, right? Um, now, there are other things as well, but they're usually the first thing that you think about when you think of a person is a physical trait. That is not what your soul is. Your soul is who you are minus any physical traits. Just think of RoboCop. Just think of RoboCop. But he just wasn't him anymore. <laughs> but he was still him. Okay. <laughs> I never really thought about it like that. but Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Robocop? Oh my gosh. Is that a movie? Yes. Anyway, okay, uh, it's, it's who you are without the physical traits. Okay, that's, that's what your soul is. So um, what happens in a fallen state, if you're not saved, what happens to your soul when you die? Yeah, if you're not saved, if you're a lost person, you live your life, you're 15, 20, 80 years, however many years you get in life, and you die. What? For now, it goes to hell. Right. Holy hell. It's basically, it dies, right? It goes to hell, eventually it ends up in the like fire with you. But uh, without Christ, your soul will die. That's, that's what you need to know, basic terms. Without Christ, your soul is gone. Now, Brenton is correct. It will end up in hell. It will eventually end up in the lake of fire. I wasn't going to get super detailed and, and all of that. But the por- the purpose is, if without Christ, uh, your soul is who you are until you aren't anymore. And then you're gone. It is what the world believes as. Well, I guess I'll be alive until I'm not alive anymore, and then I'll be dead. I mean, there's a lot to hope for, I guess. Not. So, But anyway, uh, when you get... Saved, what happens to your soul? Your soul is sealed, right? Post salvation, your soul is sealed with the blood of Christ, right? That's what happens. Post salvation, You get saved your soul is now sealed meaning you can't mess up and then go back to well if i i'm, I'm gonna, my soul's going to die that's what eternal security is right make sure you understand that once christ once you give christ your soul he, he bought it for a price now it make, make a comparison uh, uh i i really want I don't know, i'm trying to think of something that i, I really want something that, you know, I, I really want Something And I go and I pay a price for it, right? And I buy it, and it's mine. Okay, really it's yours. My wife says, I really want living room furniture. So much so that we're going living room furniture shopping today. Pray for me. <laughs> I'm excited because I could spend the day with my wife. Anyway, uh that's what I'm excited about. And, I mean, it's not going to be bad to have new living room furniture. We've had it for a long time. But anyway, the point is... You spend every yeah, we do. too. You guys <laughs> to Anyway, you go and you buy something i purchased this right it is mine and you go and it's like well so we're going to use the couch example well i spilled something on it well i shouldn't have had anything on it in the first place because my wife says we're not going to have food on it but anyway so i spilled something on it well it's like now this is no longer yours you have to buy it again that's what a life without eternal security is like. Because you mess up, now you have to do something to re-earn it, right? That's not how it works with Christ. Eternal security, you have it forever. Your soul is sealed. You can choose to sin, and that's on you, right? But the blood of Christ still covers that. You'll have to talk to Jesus about those things of the judgment seat of Christ, why you weren't doing things for Him when you should have been. But the point is, you're not being judged for sin at this point, okay? So, post-salvation, your soul is sealed with the blood of Christ. Your physical body changes, but your soul continues on in eternity, right? Make sure you understand that. When you get to eternity, your soul continues on. Is in eternity. This is why when we have a loved one who was saved that passes away, we have hope in the fact that what? I'm going, to, I'm going to see them again. They're not going to look the same, but I'm going to know them again, right? Uh, if something was to happen to a loved one. We have peace in the fact that who they are is there with a better back, right? Uh, who they are is there with a better back, right? With all the all the physical things that were terrible, they're all gone, but who they are is still there, okay? You're now sinless, but who you are, your soul moves on to eternity, Correct, right? Okay, so that's how the that, that's how the soul part of this thing plays out. It's bought with a price through Jesus Christ. That's how we know that there is peace. Go to First Thessalonians uh, chapter two, three, four. Blessed hope of Christ, where we we have comfort in the fact that we have peace. That when we move on, like those people will be there, right? That's the blessed hope of Christ that you get in First uh, Thessalonians. I can't think of the exact chapter, but um, anyway. Okay, so that's your your soul. I'm gonna run out of time very quickly. Um, so I'm not gonna write this next one out, but because uh, that's taking way too long. That's why I don't do this, guys. Uh, it just takes too long. Uh, okay, so your body, it's natural, broken, right? You get saved. It's still broken, but you have purpose in it, and then you get a new body when you're resurrected. Okay, your soul um, is sealed when you get saved. Uh, it is Christ from there from then on, right? It doesn't matter what Charlie Daniel says about going down to Georgia and the fiddle and everything else, right? It doesn't work like that. Uh, it, never mind, I was going to say something else. Uh, what? what? My wife's looking at me like... <laughs> right, it doesn't work like that. Make sure you do understand, as much as you might not like to understand, the battle on earth is strictly between God and, and the devil. 100%. And it is a battle over the souls. It is a battle over who has possession of the souls. The devil knows that once Christ has sealed a person's soul, he can't have it, right? He, he understands that. He can throw doubt and confusion and all those things, but make sure you understand there is a spiritual battle that goes on every day. Now, don't over-spiritualize things and be like, well, oh, because I stubbed my toe, the devil must have made me do that because he really wanted to... Okay, be careful on how much you over-spiritualize things, but understand that there definitely is a spiritual battle going on. And so a lot of times circumstances in life are directly correlated with what you are or are not doing for the glory of God, right? And there, that's a whole different topic we can get off on, but there is a spiritual battle going on for the souls of men, right? That is why we are to be purpose what we're doing. Okay, the last one we need to get going. A spirit. Okay, so this one is a, almost a little bit more confusing than the others until you understand it and it's like it's really pretty simple. What is your natural spirit? Like. Like when you're born, you have body, soul, and spirit. <laughs> She's right. You don't have your spirit is dead. At birth, your spirit is dead. You don't have a spirit, right? You have a body and you have a soul, but you have a dead spirit. Meaning, without a spirit, you're bound for hell, right? And that's just the, the guarantee. You have a dead spirit at birth. First John four three calls that the spirit of Antichrist meaning a spirit that goes completely against anything that is godly. That is the spirit that is ingrained in every person that is born. You might say, well, this is a that, that was a pretty good person, or they do good things, I'm telling you. They have the spirit of Antichrist, because that's what the Word of God says. You're either for Him or against Him. That's just the plain Jane truth of the matter. Make sure you understand that. But when you get saved, I'm going to go back to the word that Aaron used, you are quickened. Brought to life, right? It, the, the quick is like the point of uh, b- between death and life. They call this, uh, and it's not so much on a person's fingers, but uh, like if you look at, a, if you've ever cut a dog's nails or uh, a horse's feet or anything, they look like they got these massive hooves, and it's like, okay, well, what's that for? And you can cut the bottom of them and they don't feel it. But there's a point where you cut far enough up into what still looks like the hoof. And I promise, all of a sudden, there's very much so life there. If you've ever clicked a dog's nails back just a little bit too far, there's very much so life there. So much so that my dog refuses to ever let anybody clip the nails ever again. Because that happened once, right? And so we just send him out on the concrete enough that he kind of scratches them. They keep themselves short enough on the concrete. It's all good. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm telling you, we do really good raising kids. Animals, not so much in my house. But anyway, you're quickened. With the Spirit. The point between death and life, that's what Christ gets you. He, you're, you are quickened with the Spirit of God. right? You're quickened with the Holy Spirit at salvation. Your dead spirit now is Christ's Spirit. Because what happens? Because Christ Himself has now moved inside of you. Christ Himself now indwells you. You now have the God of the universe bouncing around inside of you. Man, if there is one... One thing that, like, I could—and this is just me personally. Everybody's kind of got like a pet peeve. If there is one thing that I could get a newly saved or oldly saved track with me, if you know what I mean, somebody who is saved to understand, it is that one thing. You have God of the universe living inside of you. You really think you ought to be acting like that, living like that? Fill in the blank. You have the God of the universe living inside of you. I mean, it just if, if there was one thing that I could just get somebody to grasp the truth of it, it's that. You have the God of the universe. You are quickened with the Holy Spirit salvation. You now have a spirit, and you keep the Holy Spirit into eternity. You have the Spirit of God living inside of you now and post-salvation. You'll get a new spiritual body. You don't get a new spiritual spirit, Right? Because you have the perfect spirit inside of you already. That's how you now have the power to tell your body that's not so perfect right now. I'm not going to do that even though I want to. Right? I'm not going to act like that even though I want to. I'm not going to go that way even though you want me to. Okay? You have the perfect spirit already. You now have the mind of Christ. Make sure you understand that. Too often we're like, I don't really know what I should do in this situation. Or what 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 would God have me to do here? And I, I don't know, did you read the Word of God and ask? Well, yeah. I mean, daily? Uh, did you actually pray, God, what should I do here? And expect an answer? Because too often people are like, yeah, I, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible. But, you know, I, my three verses that I read today it didn't answer my question. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, sometimes it takes work. Sometimes it takes study. Sometimes you need to have patience and God wants to grow you a little bit. Okay? Make sure you understand that, like, God isn't an instant gratification God. There may be things that I pray about my entire life wanting an answer to and I won't know till eternity. And I have peace with that. Because I know that, like, for whatever reason, God doesn't think I need to know right now. You know, have you ever asked a question that's just, like, so big that it's just, like, maybe I don't want to know the answer. You know, maybe I just shouldn't even ask that question because, you know mind blown there's things like that that i'm pretty sure if as soon as i got saved i would have asked certain questions god where would i be in 10 years and he'd be like uh why don't you just jump on the ride and we'll see what happens because if he would have told me i'd have been like peace out i'm not into all that right because god knows that he needs to grow you along the way so make sure that you understand you have the mind of christ every day all the time you have god of the universe living inside of you who cares if your body wants to do stupid things? Use the mind of Christ to renew it daily with the Word of God so that you can tell your stupid flesh, hey, I'm not going to do that today, right? You know, I don't I don't need that right now. I'm not going to do that anymore. You can have victory in whatever area in your life that you're like, I just can't get victory in it. Yeah, you can because you have the mind of Christ. Are you telling me that there's anything that the mind of Christ can't overcome? Because I, I've yet to find something. Make sure you understand that. I don't know how we really got this far into it, but make sure you understand, like, your spirit's perfect now. If you're saved, you have God's spirit inside of you. Make sure you grasp that, okay? Okay, so definitely not going to get into uh, the text portion of this. We'll jump back into it uh, next week and kind of circle back around what he's talking about, why he's using this example of seeds and all this, that, and the other, and why he's talking about E.T. and all these different things Uh terrestrial and celestial um, we'll, we'll we'll get into what all that means and kind of put some peace and all that but for the most part i want you to understand like this is where you're at now this is where you're going with your body your soul and your spirit when you can understand that and have peace in that well what's the devil going to throw at you i mean there's things that, that'll get you down but like I have eternity with christ I'm, I'm good right make sure you understand that because the things of this world and the devil is hes all about getting you all entangled with them. So let's pray. We'll get out of here. If you got questions, uh, let me know. Some of this stuff can get a little bit confusing. And there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm not not that I skipped over, but a lot of things that you can get a little deeper into this stuff. But I just want to make sure you have a basic grasping understanding of what we talked about here. So come back next week and we'll get back into it. Father, I love you. thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for uh, just this church who uh, is serious about... Uh, what your book says and teaching it. Uh, not glossing over, grazing over, or anything else, Lord, but I just pray that you are um, really uh, using... Your word to change lives and you're using us who are in your word every day to change people's lives by getting the word of God where it needs to go. Lord, I pray you send us out this week as lights in a dark world. Pray you be with the team that heads off to, to Boston this week that you would get glory, uh, there, uh, whether it be through relationships or edification or, or, however else you see fit to use them, Lord. And pray you change, uh, these, these folks lives as they go and are serious about what you're doing. Uh, God, I pray that you would just, uh, bless this class. There's so many people got a lot of things happening and, uh, Lord, that you would just uh, be the the uh, the author of peace in our lives, and that you would get the honor and the glory. And pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.